Hello, listeners, and welcome to Attack of the 50-Foot Podcast. I'm Robert Tolley. I'm Cameron. I'm also Allie. And this and is a also Allie. Also <laughs> Allie. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Best nickname. And uh, this week we watched Hercules in New York, a 1969 movie featuring Arnold Schwarzenegger in his first role. And ooh boy, was it great. Sure. It has two versions. A two? It has like 50. Because when he started, he wasn't known. So only in like the bodybuilding world. So they dubbed his voice since no one would care at the time. And then he became known because of things like Conan and eventually Predator. But that was a little further down the line. But yeah. then they put his lines back in. Uh, real quick, I just wanted to show an example of the differences in audio. Uh, if you've ever heard Arnie talk, you'll probably hear which one is him. Here we go. You like it down there. Let me be the judge of that. I'm tired of the same old faces, the same old things. You like it down there. Let me be the judge of that. I am tired of the same old faces, the same old... <laughs> that's, that's a great example of what happens in the differences between these movies. I want to point oh. out, too, that it's almost... In- possible to find the dubbed version now oh yeah which is actually the first version they put out it's... now you can only find the one with arnie's actual voice probably because he's like an actual actor now yeah i think it's the like the b-movie phenomenon of like oh wow let's take the worst version possible and pass that one around yeah because exactly. i don't think anybody legitimately enjoys this movie um, no, and I the very ironically good. enjoy it. Very ironically <laughs> oh, no. is fair. Yeah. But and I mean, uh, to our listeners who just heard like those two lines back to back, you know what Arnold was saying because you heard it with the British guy first. It, when you're just watching Arnold, it's atrocious. Nearly um, impossible. And this is like at the beginning of his career too, when the Austrian accent was still ridiculously thick. Like you can pretty much, you can understand him now but he's been speaking English for a lot longer now. So it was, oh my God, impossible to understand what he was saying. And we watched the undubbed version first. And then you watched the dub version again. You guys watched this movie twice. Well, see, the the good thing though is that, so we watched the undubbed version and I was like, that story made no sense. So, you know, you watch the dubbed version where you can actually hear all the lines and you know what they're saying. And I was like, this is great. Because now I know that the story just doesn't make any sense. There's no logic in this film at all. And the lines are just scattered and absurd. Mm-hmm. It's, it's ridiculous. Anyway, yeah, well, let's, this let's talk about it. Opening. Um, so there's a very confusing monologue by a narrator that I don't think comes back. Um, talking about way back when, uh, where myth and history became mystery. Which, I hate that line. <laughs> yeah, that that's made the best me smile. Line in the film. That's the best <laughs> line in the film. It really is. I, I sometimes I think of the screenwriter writing things as he goes, and he like sits down and types that in, and is like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be it. This is my magnum opus. I'm already feeling it. I'm on fire today. Myth plus history equals mystery." The reason I found this confusing was the uh, the narrator says something about. Oh, back when Hercules used to hang out on Earth, this was like ancient times we're talking about. But oh, this entire movie takes place in 
the late 1960s. Yeah. It's all modern. Which was, well, modern in that sense, yeah. Modern in the time the movie was being made. So, so Olympus is probably one of my favorite parts or favorite settings yes. of this movie. Because yeah. I guess if we're using the word contemporary, it's an extremely <laughs> contemporary Olympus and was clearly filmed in a fucking New York garden because there's like wrought iron fences. My and, favorite, the brick walls. Yeah. Yep. Brick walls and very audible traffic in the background. Oh, I didn't hear that. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Oh, it's it's bad. It cuts in every it's once in a while really when they stop bad. talking. You can hear oh. like horns and sirens and just like general traffic <laughs> sound, cars driving and that kind of thing. And you can hear it better in the undubbed version because there's no sound to play over everything else to like mm. mess up anything. So you can hear just raw audio. And because I was so reading obvious. that they didn't go back in and fix the audio when they released the undubbed version because they were just basically done with the film. So the raw audio is just there. No one fixed it. So there's just, there's, you can hear the camera at points like really loud. Like you can hear the film and you can hear the streets. You can hear random horns and alarms. It's, it's insane. And it, like, if you look at the, the walkways too, I think there are, there are like concrete sidewalks. There are some concrete <laughs> sidewalks. Well, I mean, you know, the ancient Greeks were well known for their concrete sidewalks and brick walls. Those are two things that they were extremely well known for. Um, oh yeah. And I mean, you know, the Greeks invented the ambulance, like they invented the combustion oh, engine. Yeah, they had cars for all around. I mean, horses back then probably sounded like car alarms. Who knows? That's... <laughs> I want one of them to walk up to a horse and then you just hear like the chirp chirp locking mechanism. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask, because I only saw, I, I watched the dubbed version where Arnold is a British man. Um, in in the undubbed version, is the music still that goddamn zither? Yes. Like, yeah, it doesn't yes. change. You've all heard this sound before. It's a very plinky like almost if a ukulele had 50 strings i guess yeah i guess um, it plays all throughout the movie it's, it's the like only the instrument they could get yes They're like th- there are points where they just sort of like slow it down to halftime it's the still the same song but like now you know we're sad <laughs> oh yeah all like, throughout the film my favorite is they do that at the end and they like speed it up and then they slow it back down when they go to olympus and they speed it up when we're back in new york and like slow it back down with the gods it's the worst I just think this movie had (laughs) like negative amounts of help on set. Like Mm -hmm. they had people on set, but they were just doing a horrible job. Oh, except for one thing. uh, I noticed this in the credits and I, I just started freaking the fuck out. Uh, Christian Dior did one of the costumes. One. And it was, yeah, it was nemesis. The like, vengeful god who's that lady all in yellow that was a horrible costume that was a horrible costume it was just a yellow toga everyone else was wearing the exact same thing yeah Yeah. why did you get christian dior to do one minor character's wardrobe i guess hers wasn't as sheer as the rest of their outfits because i don't know if you noticed but anytime their skin touched a piece of those togas like it was just like see-through it was just like a bad plastic tablecloth every single time. It was awful. Yeah, and Nemesis's hair was literally just a fucking gold necklace wrapped around her head three times. Oh, it was yep. horrible. Yeah. 
the first of many moments where I burst out laughing was the first time you see Zeus's lightning bolt. Um, it looks like a pipe cleaner. <laughs> it's, it's so stupid. It's so janky. It's just like a zigzag, kind of like with a texture like rebar, like where it's got like that's a what I was thinking. Yeah, through at through it, but like it's a zigzag, and then at the very end is just sort of like a ninety degree arrow, like pointing yeah. up. You know, like a lightning bolt. Yeah, yep. it's and it's carried around in this little sack by like this, like the probably One youngest guy yeah. out of all of them, and he just oh, carries yeah. it around. And then Zeus just grabs him and throws him when he gets angry. It's the Awkwardly. most awkward thing to see because he can't just like summon these. He has to pull it out pull of it a out, bag and really then awkwardly. throw it. Yep. Um, and yeah, that's the thing. He's also like holding it and like just sort of fiddling with it, but you can kind of see it like bending a little in his hands. Um, also, I'd like to point out that the uh, that the god who like holds his pipe cleaner satchel is Eros. Really? Like he's like a sixteen year old boy, and it's the god of sex. And I was a little like, oh, I never even caught that. I didn't catch yeah. the name. Yeah. <laughs> Can we can we talk about one thing real quick too? Getting into this, just as a good basis for this movie, they decided to blend Roman and Greek, just however they felt like. Oh, not only not even Roman and Greek. Um, goddamn, Samson shows up at one point, mm-hmm. and That's he's right. from yeah. the Bible. Though I will say, when the Christians, uh, when their influence came into Greece, eventually Jesus was actually put into their mythology. Did you know that? No, I that's, didn't. That's yeah. So he uh, he was thrown into their mythology, and he became like the savior of everyone. And then he eventually goes down to, I believe he goes down to Hades, and he gives like everyone there a second chance or something like that. There's a long story there, like an actual huh. yeah. It's a really weird piece of history. Well, regardless, it's really of odd. That, there's still <laughs> Juno and Zeus instead of Hera and Zeus, and. What else is there? It was like Mercury instead of uh, Hermes. Oh my god, Hermes. Hermes! Yeah, instead of Hermes. Um, and there's a whole bunch. Nemesis is actually Greek. I had to look it up. Um, okay, yeah, I knew Nemesis was one of them. Yeah, um, and like Juno, I thought was like a name for Zeus in the Roman mythology, but Juno might be his wife is is uh hera in roman mythology but, but what's the isn't there like a two-faced roman god janus i'm just now realizing yeah. that okay yep but here's the biggest problem that i have with this movie is hera is not in this movie and yet we have our main hero hercules based off of heracles his name means glory of hera and hera doesn't exist in this world so his Ooh. name makes no sense that he should be called junocles well, Juno fucking hates him. Well, and Hera hates him as well in the story. She's supposed to hate him, but his name is still Glory of Hera. But you don't have Heracles without the god Hera. It's impossible. That she's named for. Yeah. yeah why mix and match at that point? It doesn't make sense. I think that, they did it to make Pluto not Hades. Because Hades is more usually associated with satan oh okay yeah whereas this pluto seemed to be more of just like a like a guy who owns a club in a mob movie (laughs) like the best character in the film for sure 
Oh, that. yes. The uh, oh. the best actor, hands down. He's the only one Hard, who's but, like... Yeah putting on a character and not just sort of reciting their lines phonetically. Yeah. yeah, It looks like he read his lines before, you know, they were shooting, which I don't think anyone else did. But yeah. uh, we'll, we'll get into him, though. So, I mean, like, what's the, so, like, the whole plot here? Instead <laughs> <laughs> of all that part of the, the end was great, just like this one at the beginning in the middle. The whole plot here is that Hercules, or Junocles, whatever you want to call him, okay. he wants to go, he wants he to go wants to, to go to, go to Earth. Earth. He wants to go to Earth. He doesn't know he's going to New York yet. I mean, I guess, yeah, he wants to go to Earth. Yeah, he's just bored by everybody. I think that was part of the um, that sound clip you played uh, when we first started. But I'm like, bored. Just, yeah, tired of all the same faces. I want to go do something down on Earth. And Zeus is um, real mad about it, doesn't want him to do it. And Hercules... This is the beginning of his, I don't even want to say character arc. An arc impl- implies that you arrive at a slightly different place. Um, Hercules in this movie is a f- spoiled fucking brat. Uh, I will say he has an arc. I don't want to say he has an arc, but he does. <laughs> we'll talk about it when it happens. <laughs> we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll get to the arc when it happens. Basically, um, uh, Hercules is like, you know what? Screw you, dad. I'm going anyway. And Zeus is like, no, don't you do that. I will punish you. And <laughs> so then we smash cut to an airplane, the interior of an airplane. Uh, and an older woman in a oh. window seat starts freaking the fuck out. She waves at her in the window. Yes. She's she like, I just it. saw a man. And everyone's like, uh-oh, poor old Aunt Peggy's having her t- mental times again. <laughs> Like, a, an, a, a stewardess comes over and just, like, slaps an oxygen mask on her face. Mm-hmm. Which I don't think, one, would help. Two, they wouldn't do that. If you're, like, hyperventilating or something and it gets you, like, pure oxygen to help you calm down, I don't know. Like, that's, that is a Hail Mary guess here. I don't know why the uh, airline attendant puts a mask on her, but... Out of all of this, the thing that, like, surprises me the most is, did Hercules jump off Mount Olympus? Did he just, like, fall to Earth? Was he falling or flying? That's what I didn't understand. Because, I mean, he's there with the plane enough to wave, but then he falls into the ocean, as we know, because he's going to be picked up by a boat. So I couldn't tell... Well, we, we, didn't, we never even saw him in the ocean, though. We just <coughs> see him wet and on a boat. Well, we know he falls in the ocean because <laughs> they, they talk about pulling him from the ocean. It doesn't make sense. One thing that is funny, though, is that this scene is very similar to the original Superman film, which doesn't come out for another, like, nine years. <laughs> it, <laughs> Superman flies by a window, and he, like, waves. And I was, like, watching this thinking, did you guys just take from Hercules in New York? Is that... <laughs> Is that where they got this from? This iconic Superman moment from the original film? He just just pulled it from Hercules in New York, of all films. That seems plausible. I mean, Superman is a very, like, I'd put Sur- Superman and Hercules in the same character archetype. Well, yeah, they, they're very similar. But the thing is, is that, it, and the thing is, is that this is, this is like a superhero movie for then. Because superhero movies weren't really huge. So they just did it with gods a lot of times, or like old mythologies. 
By mixing them poorly. By mixing them up. But none of this explains whether or not he's flying or falling. No. Not yeah. a single damn thing. Either way. It, it honestly ship. could be either. Um, yeah, and we know that he lands in the ocean because at this point and repeatedly throughout the movie, we see Zeus and his, like, circle of gods watching a crystal ball talking about how oh oh boy he disobeyed me so bad oh he's landing in the water oh i'm gonna definitely get around to doing something about this um so her lands in the water and is saved by a fishing boat that may maybe zeus sent to him there's a weird moment where someone's like can't you do anything to save him he's gonna drown and zeus is like Hark! On the horizon, a boat. I was confused as to whether or not he did something, <laughs> or it was just like, oh, that's humans. lucky. Yeah, here you go. Oh, oh, I would have loved a little B-plot where all those sailors get back to port and they have all these fake memories. Like, this isn't your address. I've lived here for ten years. To be fair, we don't see the boat again after he leaves. Maybe it wasn't there anymore. Maybe yeah, it was it all just, just a dream. But mm-hmm. what, one thing that's funny about this, like we, you brought up the crystal ball, is this is literally just like a glass ball with smoke inside of it or, or fluff. I can't tell if it's like cotton balls or smoke. In. The funniest thing is that it often reflects the environment and there's a specific scene when they first show it. It's just showing the lights in the crew. Oh, it, just, all it, of them. it just gives Every away time. the entire set. Like You can see cue <laughs> lights that are just like rectangular in shape and they're like connected to a stand and it, there's people standing around. Like, it's awful. It's really, really bad, which is consistent throughout this movie. There are a lot of mistakes. I noticed when we watched uh, the the... Dubbed version didn't have the same mistakes. It was like pulled in slightly. So it didn't have the same mistakes as the um, undubbed version. There are some things in the undubbed version where like you see booms a whole ton of times. Uh, One of my favorite scenes at the end, someone walks into frame. We'll talk about it. I'll bring it up at the end. It's great. Now we get one of eight scenes in which Hercules just blandly tells people that he is Hercules and they have no reaction other than like, that's odd. It's like, yeah. what's your last name? I, I am Hercules. Yeah, no, but like, what's your family name? I am the son of Zeus. Okay. So what, what's your job on a, on a ship? And then Herc is just doesn't answer him. I am Hercules. I am Hercules. <laughs> This is the I am, best uh, undubbed version because you can like barely even understand that he's saying Hercules and he just says it like nine times in one scene. That's this entire scene. He just keeps yeah. saying his name to these fucking people and they're like, okay, well, I guess we're going to New York with him. Yeah, and- they're like, get him some clothes that you think will fit him mm-hmm. and they get him, uh, I don't know, like the dandiest little outfet. Like he's a got nice uh, a sweater. Up. Yeah, like a, a nice button up and like a sweater draped over his shoulders, with like a hat he's too. about to go to a polo match at Harvard. Yeah, <laughs> with a little beanie and like some yes. bell bottoms. Bell bottoms are yeah. my favorite because it looks super weird on a bodybuilder. Okay, so uh, <laughs> this is <laughs> this just shows to me how fucking lazy and awful Hercules is. We smash cut into the middle of him fighting all of the sailors. And the captain comes down and is like, what's all this then? 
and the <laughs> and the sailors are like, we told him to work, and he just started attacking us. <laughs> <laughs> I well, guess is what it's supposed to be, see, right? I got the feeling that the sailors started attacking him because they say he like the actual line is he won't work. So like it almost feels like they were like go to work. He was like no, I'm Hercules and they just start like trying to force him to do something. It's a really awkward scene. And then this happens again like after they dock. And he's like, all right, bye. And like, for whatever reason, I guess, sailor code, they're like, no, you have to ask the captain to leave. And he's like, no, (laughs) just kind of pushes this guy over and gets off the boat. Yeah. Starts another fight. This made me so confused because I like, if I were to have a boat and then save somebody in the middle of the ocean do I own that person now? Yeah, like, are what you logic? employed by the captain if you get picked up in the ocean? I mean, I get, like, oh, hey, I saved you. You know, you need to earn your keep on the boat by doing some chores and whatnot. That seems logical, but not, all right, we've made landfall. Get back on the boat. You stay on the boat. You're not allowed to get off the boat because I'm the captain. I mean, to be fair to Herc... I mean, to be fair to the captain, Herc is just, like, he's kind of just an asshole because he just, I still don't know what he throws. It's like a cabinet or something. But he, like, before he decides to leave the boat, he throws something. And he just, just like, he just, like, like, tosses it, like, a foot to the side. And he's like, I'm stronger than you. And he leaves. Like, that's basically the whole thing. It's not even, like, there's no point to what he's doing. He picks something up and then throws it, and it lands about two feet away from where it was. Yeah. Not yeah. in any better position. The board fight is probably the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's, he just, like, gets jumped by, like, what, eight to ten men or so? Of varying ages. Yeah, and they're, like, it seems like they kind of interchange, like, whenever they need another guy to run in and just shake his fists at him threateningly and nothing's really happening. And then he picks up a ridiculously long piece of wood, like 20 feet long. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just pushing against these guys that aren't thinking maybe I could just run around this maybe and hit him in the back of the head with something yeah. heavy. Or... But it's not even like he's pushing against them. He's just sort of like holding it out and they're all like, oh, oh, it's like the, um, that like, early 90s Power Rangers like flinch fighting yes. where it's like oh I'm gonna uh, uh, right. oh. but no delivery at least in Power Rangers everyone's not smiling the entire time too yes. because yeah. again the laziness of this film they like it's similar to do with the fact that like the undubbed version you can't understand Arnie's lines because they didn't re-record Arnie's lines because they weren't like what if a dub doesn't work they just decided we're gonna dub it regardless so they didn't have, they had like basically like a take on each line. So they weren't trying to get a best line, but similar with the fighting, like there's no best take on the fighting at all. And then there's like a point at the end of this godforsakenly long fight that I guess he's taken out about half of them and he's pushing like four or five men up against like the edge of the docks here. to I guess throw them into the water yeah. and it's just so, so staged. Yeah. Because he pushes them, and then you see the men, like, jump, like, yes. off of the thing, purposely, upon their own will. 
and he like hits another one and he'll jump into the water. It's like, like a diving <laughs> setup, like where they like spread out their arms and they're like ready to go in. Yes. It's it's so awful. It's incredibly staged and really awkwardly slow. Just Oh, and then there's also our our sidekick in this whole film is watching this. Um, the pretzel salesman. Pretzy. I want to make a montage of just the faces of Pretzy throughout this movie. Oh. Uh, he is constantly like mouth agape, eyes wide, just like blinking heavily, like what, what, what? Yes. But like, I was reading up on this guy actually, Arnold Stang. Yep. Um, he's a comedian of the time. Um, and that's his whole getup is he's not like, he doesn't do stand up or anything. He just has a funny character that he does, which is just this small, annoying, bespectacled, smart, brash character. New Yorker. Yeah. Um, but that's not but actually also, who he is. That's who he always acts as. I, yes, that's the thing. I was like, I get the sense that this is one of those um, roles that is thank- thankfully mostly vanished from current movies where he's just kind of a caricature. Yep. It's like a Jewish minstrel show. <laughs> he's just like constantly like, oh boy, oh no. Why is his name Pretzi? What's the purpose of that? I already said he was a pretzel Because he's so, it's <laughs> stupid. Just to reiterate though. But like everyone yeah, knows him Which came Pretzi? first, the pretzel, him selling pretzels or his name is Pretzi? <laughs> this one little dude who sells pretzels on the docks on one place seems to be known by the entire city as Pretzi. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't seem like he ever says, hi, I'm Pretzi, to people. It's like, oh, hey, Pretzi. How the fuck does everybody know this one little dude that sells pretzels on a dock? He also just, he stands on the dock of New York with a basket of pretzels, just waiting, just yeah, just chilling. Selling them to like happen? hungry Robert? sailors or something? <laughs> No. <laughs> oh, and it, there's a point when he's running where I'm like, oh, I feel like we never see this pretzel basket again because he dropped it. Because it's like, I say, we say basket. It's like, it feels like it's made out of cardboard, like mm-hmm. the wicker equivalent of cardboard. He doesn't drop it. He leaves it in the taxi. Oh. Apparently. Yeah. So like, You could have just so, given him some... Um, <laughs> I guess we should connect these two points Yeah, here. we should. So after... <laughs> Um, Arnie Hercules throws all these men into the ocean or they all jump upon their own will. Who knows? Um, Pretzi is like, come on, come on, let's go, run away, and like picks up all of his stuff and saves him, I guess. And they're instant friends and he calls them a taxi and they're just like, go but be- north. But before they call the taxi, I want to bring this up because it's the most ridiculous thing in the film. He grabs the forklift that they run by and just <laughs> like, this dude's just driving a forklift doing his job and Hercules just grabs the back of it and won't let him drive. He's all like quite the chariot where are the horses and then just like walks away. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it like it was, sort of had no dude. meaning. That's why I like totally forgot it was even there. They didn't do anything. It was only delaying them from running away from the people chasing them. Exactly. He's just sort of like, I want to show how strong I am by stopping this forklift from moving. Oh. Yeah, okay, so then they get in a taxi. Yeah. And he's just like, go up up north or whatever. This conversation 
about uh, their Greek friend is the is like who's on first in a mental ward. They're not answering each other. It's yeah. just like deliberately convoluted, and mm-hmm. like it gets to be this point. Like, oh yeah, what was it like? Oh yeah, I know Apollo. Like Pretzi says this. Yeah. Oh, I know a Greek immigrant named Apollo, and Herc very hilariously thinks that he's talking about the Greek god Apollo. Still not getting that nobody thinks the Greek gods are a thing. It's this very protracted scene that doesn't give us any information. It's so yeah. long, it doesn't make any sense. As are most scenes. And I this. don't think Apollo's even in this film. That's one of the things that bothered me too. Is oh, yeah. they, they, he's not part of the congregation of gods over in the Brooklyn brick wall section of Olympus. Like, <laughs> that's, he, we don't ever see him. It's a setup with no payoff. Also, I think it would be helpful for our, uh, our fans because we all know what Arnold looks like. It, he's very young and good looking in this, but you can figure out what he looks like. Pretzi looks like Don Knotts melted slightly. Um, like he's just lost a little bit of structural integrity and is, like started collapsing a little bit. Oh, oh man, that's so accurate. It hurts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so like, oh, I feel like all of the like massive air quotes around comedy gimmick of this movie is like, wow, look at this little guy talking to this big guy. Aren't these guys so opposite? It really is. Well, and the thing about Pretzi is he's not important throughout this film at all. He doesn't really mm-hmm. do anything to advance the plot. I mean, really, no one does. But he doesn't do... He does less than everybody else. Like, he's barely in the movie at all, it feels like. Even though he's technically in every setting, Yeah, he's not always in he's every just, scene, he's really. He's just the, the comedic relief on the comedic relief. Go it's on. almost like he's an audience stand-in character, but one that we have no connection to, because I, I kept thinking, oh, like, they're trying to make these feats of strength look really impressive. But the thing is, we know that they're not doing this. Hercules isn't actually flipping over this cab. So the director is like, all right, we need Pretzi in order to sell that something amazing has happened. So he just does his, like, bug-eyed, what, 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 face. <laughs> like, that's like the only thing character. he accomplishes. Yeah, and he, he's just, he's so awful. Like, I can't, I can't get over how awful he actually is in this film because he also baby talks the entire film. I realized that, like, 10 minutes in this time. I didn't really realize it the first time, but, like, he baby talks the entire film. Everything feels like he adds a W to, like, the second letter of every word. Um, yeah. They get to Central Park, which, by the way, just a little... Um, background for this era central park at this point in time is a hive of scum and villainy it (laughs) is like like overrun with drug dealers and animals and and just like all of these horrible things this was a a point like in the 60s and 70s where sort of like midtown area was like the worst least savory neighborhood and this is the first of i'm pretty sure four scenes that take place in central park yeah yeah depending on especially where like that climax takes place since there's that's all over the place but right yeah but yeah no i mean they definitely they shoot here consistently yeah so often central park the only park in new york 
Is no, it's just else the biggest to fucking one. Go? If you ask Hollywood, it's the only park in New York. I just love that it seems like no matter where these characters are in New York, they're just like a few steps away from Central Park. Yep. <laughs> yeah, looking at you, Tobey Maguire, Spider-Man. So, okay, we get to Central Park. Um, then we get a another annoyingly long comedy bit where the cab it. driver is like, all right, it's $2, two bucks. Give me two bucks for the ride. And uh, Pretzi's like, well, come on, pay the man. And it's like, I don't have two bucks. I also do not know why your currency is animal bucks. This, this scene goes on for, I mean, this is honestly like a four minute scene. It's ridiculously long. It, it has the cabbie stepping out of the taxi and <laughs> threatening them in a very high pitched voice. Also, too. yes. <laughs> I just I love that he's like, oh, go ahead. Um, this is an extremely expensive cab ride because two dollars in like nineteen seventy was about like eleven fifty. Well, they're coming up from the docks, which I'm guessing is like like there are some at the very bottom of Manhattan. It just is unclear how far they actually drove. Anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, no, it's this scene is annoying. Um, Herc deals with it by flipping the cab over slowly. Um, very slowly, really slowly, in a way that is just so clearly like he bends down and is like is grunting and pit and like oh I'm gonna pick this up and then it cuts back to Pretzi doing his eyes and then it cuts back and the car's already at a ninety degree angle. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't look so much like a god flipped it. It looks yeah. a lot like a normal guy tried to. That's yeah, that's what it it's like. like. We got some jacks in here and now you're just gonna sort of like move about like you're pushing it, but don't mm-hmm. move about too much because it will fall and crush you. Ooh, after cut. this is the Olympians. Yes. So they're walking around Central Park um, after having, you know, uh, accosted a man for providing services to them. <laughs> and they come across uh, like oh, yeah, the yeah. American Olympic team training in Central Park, you know, how you would. Yep. Um, and they're all doing all the cra- classic, like, Greek stuff, um, like throwing the discus, throwing the javelin, the long jump and whatnot. And uh, Herc is like, ah, oh, these guys are so pathetic. I could definitely uh, do a better job than them. And he comes up and he starts, like, belittling these people. Like, that's not how you throw a discus. So they're like, all right, fine, show us how to do it. He picks it up and throws it. But I really feel like... Arnold Schwarzenegger actually threw that discus because that was a bullshit throw. It did not look good, but everyone was acting like, whoa. The the problem is that they don't... It's all close-up shots. This is like one of the many scenes in this film, like pretty much 90% of the scenes in this film are showing us, are showing us that he's Hercules. That... That's like what this whole movie is. Like, in case you didn't know, Hercules in New York features Hercules Hercules in New York being Hercules (laughs) in New York. And this is one of those many scenes because he does. Like, he, like, like tosses it like this. I feel like it didn't go very far because, like, he awkwardly just kind of, like, moves his body a little bit. Like, it doesn't look Mm -hmm. like a real throw. And then it's just close up in the air, close up again in the air, close up again. Then it hits a pole. And we don't know where that pole is in this park. It never shows us. It never shows us. He keeps throwing things all the way over to this pole, 
but you don't really get a sense of if that's very long. You only have everybody's reaction right. to go off of. Not they even never, like a wide shot. Yeah, I was going to say, they never show you like, oh, he threw it from home base and the pole is at the end of the park way over there. Like, there's no clear there's, distance. There's just like, and they do it again because he's like, I could jump farther than you. And so they just show his feet, like, leave the ground and then, like, <laughs> come back on the ground. I also want to point out, I think this is, like, right before this whole sports montage begins. Arnold takes off his shirt for the first time in the movie. And then he does one of those little, like, peck bounces oh, yeah. motions. But in my version, at least a bongo plays, like, in time to the bounces. I rewound it because I was like, no, (laughs) you guys didn't do that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's like the only other instrument in this movie besides the zither is the bongo. So, anyway, Pretzi starts um, uh, a gambling ring uh, surrounding (laughs) Herc winning at these events, and all the people around him are like, there's no way he's going to continue to shatter records. I'm going to keep putting more and more money on the fact that this guy's going to lose. Oh, and I, um, I think a little bit before this, but it's in the same scene. Um, we're introduced to the love interest and her father. Um, oh, and we'll get into that in a couple of scenes. But, she yeah. is my favorite character. Why? She, the actress oh. who plays her is bananas bad. <laughs> yeah, like the <laughs> worst trash. in the film. Yeah. Why are you looking at me like that? Is my hair out of place or something of the sort? She talks like a robot who got uploaded with different kinds of English dialects and is just sort of pushing them all together. Not to mention every shot of her is oddly some type of like poorly framed close up that like cuts off the top of her head and like cuts her off right at the bottom of the chin. She for some reason is in like the heaviest close ups of the film. I noticed this the second time going through this. Like for some reason they they pull into her face. I don't know if, why they do this so consistently. I don't know like if, that, know. if like they only had like scenes with her with other people so they just decided to like way magnify it or what, but it's it's bad. It's really bad. It doesn't help her acting at all. Yeah. But they they walk up to Pretzi. The dad is all like, hey, uh, you want to come have tea with us? And he's what, like, tea? Shh. <laughs> we don't do drugs here. <laughs> it was really weird. But he didn't know what tea was, like the drink. Yes. I had to look this up. Apparently tea used to be a slang term for weed. Okay. Oh. He thought he was asking him to come over and get high. Okay. But I figured no. it was like a drug slang. I just yeah. didn't know like which. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's just like it's just this random bit just to transition us into going to their house, going to this random girl and her father's house with some other random dude that shows up. Yes, okay, so I actually need to talk about the random dude a little bit. Uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, Crazy Lady was dating that guy. Because when we're introduced to her and her father, her father's like, "Uh, wow, no, this is a really cool Olympian, like, practice thing that we're watching, Uh, but I'm really disappointed that your 
that Rod or whatever his name is, isn't paying enough attention to you. And I think the dad is trying to set his daughter up with this borderline giant Greek man. Yeah. Well, that's pretty clear. But well, yeah, I didn't really realize who the other guy was. Yeah, no, she's dating the guy that Herc approaches at the very beginning of that Olympian scene. There's like this mm-hmm. kid talking to the coach. That's the guy that shows up at the house later. Really? Yeah. Same dude. Yes. He's so just the- so mediocre looking. <laughs> Well, and the, the rest of the movie doesn't treat him like he's dating her. No. Like, None the, of the they movie a, really does. <laughs> they have a confrontation while they're having tea, basically, where Herc keeps, like, really hardcore creeping on crazy lady. Mm-hmm. And Pretzi just keeps going, just keeps shouting, you can't talk to a broad like that. Uh, it's pretty offensive for a lot of reasons. <laughs> for a lot of reasons. Um, but yeah, everyone like gets really bent out of shape because Herc is like talking t- to crazy lady and saying like, oh wow, you're like a goddess. This is so amazing. And <laughs> the uh, boyfriend is like, hey, uh, I'm going to teach you some manners. Punches Herc in the stomach, hurts his hand, but like still tries to fight Herc. And <laughs> Herc's retaliation is to pick him up above his head. And just hold him. He's not even at all just the way hold above him in his the head. Air. He's got like his face and his crotch. And then the dude just keeps like hitting Herc throughout for like the next minute and a half. They're just doing this dance. With incredibly close up shots of her going, but p- put him down like three times. Like, oh, what are you, what are you doing? But like, her, like the guy's struggling in Herc's grasp, but Herc <laughs> is not really moving. No, he's just, just holding, holding him, him up. In one spot. Yeah, and then later we'll find out that, um, like, he broke two of his ribs doing that. <laughs> yeah, he had to get some of his ribs taped. Yeah, what which, the, fuck? the best part about that is the fact that someone, I assume it's the mom or the nanny or something like that, walks in and goes, tea is served. And that's... <laughs> That's how this breaks up, which leads to one of my favorite transitions of all time, which is she says tea is served, and then they cut to Olympus, and Zeus says, well, I knew it, which is one of the (laughs) best transitions I've ever seen in a film. Yes, I burst out laughing, too. I wrote down Zeus butts in like he's Waldorf and Statler from the (laughs) the Muppets, just sort of like, ah, well, here we go again. That happens again later, like in another fight that Herc is in. It, this is smack in the middle of the fight. And like, it cuts back to Zeus and he looks around and he just goes, where is everybody? <laughs> and then it cuts back to the fight. But so tea is served and all this thing breaks up. And basically what we go to, to the dad and the daughter talking again after Herc and Pretzi and the two broken ribs guy has left he that's when he's talking about how he wants he really likes hercules and basically saying like you should date him right and hercules had asked her out and he says well you did say yes didn't you okay build up to build this, up. right yeah okay so she's like that guy was crazy <sighs> and i don't ever want to see him again and she seems she, super and he almost broke that guy's like ribs and almost killed him whatever and he's like well i like him and she's like you must be crazy and she like clearly has made it extremely clear that she hates hercules and never wants to see him ever (laughs) again and she's like and he even had the nerve to ask me out to dinner and he's like well you said yes didn't you and she said yes 
She's yeah, like, I, I did. did. <laughs> and it's this, it's, it's this, so weird. It's she's like clearly uncomfortable She's thing. clearly angry and upset at her father for saying that he likes Hercules. And she has a look on her face of pure hatred. And when he says, well, you said yes, didn't you? She like immediately like breaks her character face here and smiles in the creepiest little smile, looks up and off into the distance and goes, well, I said yes. Yeah. And then and, they start uh, going on dates. Yeah. Going on dates. This what jumps ahead a little bit, but like after they've gone on a couple of dates, um, there's a scene where her and the guy who got picked up earlier are like sitting around having tea with her father and she's all like, oh no, I actually like him. And he and the cuck boyfriend, Rod, goes like, yeah, no, I also like him. It's like, he picked you up, broke your ribs, and stole your girlfriend. <laughs> and you like him? I know, that's so weird. Because it's that scene that makes me wonder if he ever actually was a boyfriend to her. They pretty clearly state that he was the boyfriend. Because that was, like, the whole thing, is he's coming over. And then that's why, like, they like he gets offended, like, when Herc's like, is he your lover? And that's when they start fighting in the first place. And it, it's pretty clear, like, early on in the film that that's what's going on. Nothing's clear. Because, like, even when they set things up, the way the characters act don't support that. This guy should hate Herc hate him he should be the main antagonist instead of being like all right buddy you bested me you get the girl now it just it doesn't make any sense uh but you know what we we should power forward because this next scene is maybe the best one ever in the entire Uh, film are we talking about the date yeah so they go on a central park carriage ride which which is intercut very strangely with like a night watchman at a zoo right just like with a flashlight in these teeny tiny little cages and sounds that don't match any of the animals that they're showing yes and and then it goes back to like more security guards that are like oh my god a bear has escaped and then it goes back to them talking and then back again to like cops searching for this bear and we get the little like far away clip of the bear running bear okay it's clearly a dude in a suit because it's fucking walking like a gorilla yes i I feel like they hired one of the creature actors from planet of the apes and that's all he knew how to do was Planet of the Apes. It's just, I thought it was oh, yeah. Bears are just big apes, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's how they run. They run sideways, for one. Like, he's running, like, his body's, like, diagonal, and he's moving sideways the entire time. And he's, like, got his knees bent. He clearly yeah. is not a bear. Bears do not walk with, like, their ginormous, <laughs> long-ass legs with their knees bent. Also, the, um... <laughs> Um, when they, when you see that the bear uh, has escaped, they show it to you by showing an empty cage with the door open, but on the ground is a padlock. Ergo, the bear picked that lock. Hey, really? I don't even remember that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, you can see that the cage was locked, that, like, there's a padlock with the hasp open. <laughs> this bear picked the lock. That's the only way I can parse this scene. Uh, so the 
uh, now that the bear is out on the loose, we get um, a, like a police dispatch radio talking about 600 bear on the loose, 600 pound bear on the loose, known to be surly and dangerous, uh, which just made me smile. <laughs> so uh, this is intercut with the rest of the date in which, okay, macro question for you guys. Does this woman believe that he is Hercules? The actual Greek god Hercules. I don't think anybody does in this movie ever. That, that's kind of what I think, but there were several points, especially in this scene where he's talking about like all the people he knows on Mount Olympus, and she's just straight-faced like, okay. Well, yeah. no, because she thinks, she thinks what he's talking about is, uh, what is it, Washington's Mount Olympus, right? Oh, yes. yeah. that's yeah. why, because when she's like, oh, have you scaled Mount Olympus? I'm like, oh, so she's just accepting that oh. there actually is a Mount Olympus. Right, oh. there is. And she's talking about America's Mount Olympus. That's like the whole bit there. It's supposed to be. It's like the Apollo thing. Yeah. Well, that's stupid. Right? <laughs> yeah, no, no, there's no way she believes that he's Hercules because when this bear comes up to them, and it's a bear, y'all. Uh, <laughs> Hercules just leaps out to go fight it, even though it's not actually threatening them. I want to no. say that too. He just takes the opportunity to go punch a wild animal. That's yes. that's his goal at this point in time. Well, um, Crazy Lady does keep telling him to beat up the bear. <laughs> she keeps yelling, beat him up. And then screaming, no, no, like he's going to fucking die. She's but screaming like at the absolute fucking top of the lungs, God, it's too. so bad. It's just screeching. That poor, that, whoever's holding the boom there, that poor yeah. man, like whoever's listening to, just like to that. holding his headphones away from his ears. <laughs> um, there's also a point, and God, I wish we could like, have a video component for this so the fans can see. This is another point I reround a bunch of times because it's so insane. So she's screaming, right? She's doing her like, ah! Um, then you can see her look over to the left where the director is clearly standing, which at that point, he definitely gives her the note, faint, faint. <laughs> so she like very slowly <laughs> leans backwards and extends her arms up in a Y, like, Ah, uh, I fainted. <laughs> <laughs> I am so tired of the trope that women faint when they're anything other than stoic. Oh, yes. It's just any exciting moment, any moment where anything out of the ordinary is happening, women just, I guess, are supposed to faint because they can't fucking handle it. She's and so scared movie, of that bear that wears tennis shoes. <laughs> In this movie, Pretzi also does it because he's also supposed to be a frail character. He passes out a couple times, too. From I think that might be drunkenness. <laughs> we'll really? get I think to that it's supposed scene, to be drunkenness, yeah. Yes, he drinks most of a fifth of scotch, which for, for some people who can't visualize, that's like a, like a quart of milk, yeah. like one of those jug-sized of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, that well, they show the bottle. Like that bottle is like empty. Yeah, it's just completely empty. Like he's he's drunk. Okay, but here, so here's what happens, right? Arnie Hercules. He's also called, uh, by the way, in this film, he is credited not as uh, his actual name, but Arnie Strong. So he punches the bear and fights it to the ground. I guess 
And this opens up a wrestling career for him is essentially I heard about what, what you did happens. to the Bears, say the mobsters that are for some reason in wherever <laughs> Pretzi is. It's not a mobster staying. yet. The mobsters don't show up until after his wrestling career. This, so career says this that, is where time is, is fucked. Who comes to say he's not part of the mob? No, 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 no. The mob, the mob comes later. Who's so cigar guy that says that's that's the cigar. mob, but he doesn't. So here's what happens: Arnie punches a bear, knocks him out. Basically, uh, I wish it was that cool. It wasn't. Uh, they more just tickle each other in a park. But they then we cut to the hotel that Hercules seems to have somehow or apartment or something. Uh, and there's this old guy talking to both Pretzi and Hercules about a wrestling career, right? And there's there's not much more going on in the scene other than them talking about how that would work and the fact that he could have a wrestling career. And this is where, similar to Spike, it's three, time just becomes like a nuisance for the writers. So they don't deal with it anymore. And we get a montage of wrestling, just like straight up headlines, Arnie holding people above his head, all that kind of stuff. And that's when we then immediately after that, we are in the a same place, but this time with mobsters threatening Pretzi. It's yes. so quick. It it's implies w- that like in the 30 seconds it took to show you those like really lazy headlines where it's just sort of like strong man wrestle good. Uh, <laughs> it's like, strong oh wow, he's been strong. doing this. Yeah. He's like, oh, he's been doing this for weeks. He's really successful. And these mobsters, whose name I wrote down, Fat Lips and Nitro. I, yes. Um, Actually, I think those are the names of the, those are the names of like the side guys that are, I don't know what the main mob boss is. Yeah, I was going to say, because what's the third one? Because there's three of them. So they are, for whatever reason, in their hotel apartment and basically saying like, all right, well, we're going to manage him now. You're not managing him anymore. And Pretzi's like, well, I'm not managing him, though. I'm just his friend. And they're still like, we don't give a shit. You're not managing him anymore. Sign this fucking contract. And, like, the whole thing I was thinking is he's not actually giving up any rights because he didn't have any anyway. So the contract doesn't even make any sense to have because he's, yeah. it doesn't matter if he signs it because it's not real yeah the, so exactly he's giving up a job he doesn't have yeah. to a bunch of criminals who don't want a paper trail why is there a contract like why even bother yeah if he's just like i'm not managing him they could be like oh cool all right well we are now bye i i, I want to say something about this main mob leader who's like the most typical new york mobster you see in hollywood fedora the way he speaks with the cigar but he reminds (laughs) me so much of still every even after rewatching it of do you have you seen Spaceballs? yeah you know pizza the hut's bodyguard from Spaceballs. (laughs) he's like this new york mobster robot thing oh yes it's like the same character (laughs) it is (laughs) (laughs) but like i couldn't i once i had it in my head like i couldn't unsee it that's just what he reminded me of the entire time. Oh, and the other yeah, thing everybody in this movie is a caricature. Oh, yeah. Like, that mob boss is just a caricature of being Italian. Pretzi's whatever he is. Uh, crazy Lady is a caricature of a woman who would just, like, 
pass out and faint at the first sign of trouble or just like constantly pursue a man that she nominally hates. I wanted to point out too with the mobsters, the the two goons or whatever that the main guy is with, they don't have any other lines aside from, yeah! Yes! In like oh my threatening... <laughs> They're like, like the hype men. Yeah. <laughs> They're just like your fucking stereotypical New York mobster goons that just threaten you by getting in your face and going yeah yeah after every single thing the other guy says what we have now is is it another date between them or is this when they when mercury is going to come uh it's the date and then mercury date and then mercury. so yeah so this date is the third time we're in central park Again, there's nothing really interesting about this. It's just more of the same shit about like, oh, hey, Atlas holding up the world. I know that guy. He's much smaller in person. Ha 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 ha. And so, she just goes, you have the oddest sense of humor. But it, then they, they also show the Hercules poster, right? Like oh. they show like the movie or play poster or whatever it is. And he gets all like, I mean, like, like, he is butthurt about the fact that there's another Hercules. And it doesn't make any sense. Other than to take off his shirt again. But it's another reason to take off his shirt and yes. to show his pecs. Oh, That's, also I want to point out that the shirt he's wearing in this is, like, the most horrible white turtleneck that uh-huh. looks so awkward on his, like, beefy build. Like, I just feel like no bodybuilder should ever wear a turtleneck. It just looks comically bad. It's like shoving a steak in a sock. It's not, it doesn't what? look good at all. How is that a valid metaphor? <laughs> it's valid. Well, it's also like this body, like clearly Arnold Schwarzenegger, very great as at a, being a bodybuilder, but I think they didn't have sort of like the, I don't really know what you would call it, like the sports science that we have today because his like, lats are incredibly grotesquely huge his biceps and triceps are huge but then his forearm is like a normal man's forearm like someone who doesn't work out his it's it's the disproportion of his giant muscles to regular sized like legs and arms this might have been when he was doing steroids because there was a pretty good period of time when he was doing steroids he admits to that now um he says he won like one or two titles without it and then he did steroids for the others uh (sighs) yeah we have the dating scene that seems to go kind of well except for she freaks out when he takes off his shirt like she's never seen a man without a shirt before uh it's really awkward because she like stops talking and then all of a sudden kind of goes oh wow (laughs) (laughs) at his chest and then starts throwing his own shirt back at him and pulling him away. But also there's a little blooper where he like trips over a curb <laughs> and it's so clearly an accident. It's a blooper. Yeah. Like because Arnold Schwarzenegger like t- like trips and then like throws his hands up in the air and moves like he's going back to one. Like, oh, all right guys, let's take it again. But yeah. they didn't shoot it again. And I think in the undubbed version, there's no sound there. Yeah. Because in the oh. dubbed version, he goes, oh, whoops, ha or something like that. Yes, no, that like the sound cuts out entirely um, at a certain point. There's also, this is coming up. I don't remember what the line is or where it happens. Nemesis straight up flubs her line. She's like, I need to be get, getting to the train station. 
like like she forgets what she's saying halfway through it, pauses, and then picks up. And again, the director's not like, let's do that again. No, every I, shot was one shot. Exactly. There was one another, take. There was another every time. line where the girl says something and she like trails off. But it's like an important... Se- I can't remember what it was. It's something important. I can't remember where or what it was. But there is another line where like she's saying something and then she just stops talking. And, nobody, and that's it. No one finishes the sentence. No one finishes the thought and they move on. It's like one of those where it's like, hey, you remember that? And you're like, what? What? What's <laughs> the like, rest no of the one, sentence? No one interrupts her or anything. Like, it's really weird. And it's it, such a weird it's, bit. She trails off, literally, because she just goes... But, okay. stops. So so let's go back to the, to the gods, right? So the gods are... Zeus is still irritated with Herc, right? That's That's been like the whole thing here. So one of the people that asks to be sent before Zeus decides to punish Herc, Mercury asks to go get him to give him a chance to come back before he's punished. Yes, I wrote this line down in particular because uh, Mercury's trying to persuade Zeus to send him instead of Nemesis, who would presumably right. do something really awful to him. Right. Um, and he's like, no, don't be too mad at Herc. He's simple and a bit childish, which was just a great defense and very, <laughs> very apt. Very. Yeah, no, in this, and I, Mercury is not the worst character in this. I'll say that for sure. Uh, he's actually a pretty okay character in terms of this garbage fest of a film uh now one thing that i for the love of anything do not understand is how does merc how does mercury arrive in new york he arrives on a fucking helicopter in a suit out of air or something but he does this he we can we can go through this pretty quick right because he does this he then goes to talk to hercules in the apartment (laughs) and hercules is like i don't want to go back and so they, so he's like, okay, well, I guess your dad's going to punish you. And that's pretty much like the whole thing. And he's like, so long. They call each other half-brother like 50 times. And then Mercury, this is the scene where uh, Pretzi drinks that whole bottle too of alcohol. That's, yeah, because they're just having a conversation about the gods yeah. right in front of him. And this is where the only character in the entire film, I think, realizes that, oh, maybe he is really a god. Yeah, but Mercury then is like, okay, I guess I'm going to leave. And instead of going back out the door, like he seemed to show up normal on a helicopter in a suit with dress shoes, he climbs out the fucking window and then just leaps into the air to fly away. Yep. Why didn't you fly there? Why'd you put on a suit? Where'd you get the suit? Where'd you get the copter? It's like the plot point that is supposed to make Pretzi believe, but it doesn't make any sense because they didn't set it up right. It also doesn't matter that he believes. The, the no. next thing he does is, is like have a mental breakdown and goes to talk to Crazy Lady and her father. Which I don't understand and... why those are the first people he goes oh to. God. Like, how do you, you don't really have a relationship with these those people. Those are the only friends he has. <laughs> But you also forgot to mention that one of my favorite mistakes in this movie is in that scene with Mercury. when they, Because you know like when he goes in the bathroom or whatever and they, yeah. they're talking in the bathroom for a minute? There is a microphone just fucking haphazardly taped to the bar where the shower curtain is. <laughs> it's just oh like, my god, I didn't notice that. It's, it's not even a boom mic. It's just like a regular fucking cardioid mar- microphone. Yeah, and you can still... <laughs> Yeah, and like I said, your version was pulled in. The the dubbed version that we watched was pulled in a little bit. Um, but you can still see it in that. And in the undubbed version, it's just full frame there yeah, you for can most see the of the conversation. Whole <laughs> oh, it's 
it's it's not because like a boom entering the frame is one thing that happens in all of these types of films but to have a microphone just taped like it's a bar. it's in a stagnant spot you couldn't keep it out of frame that's it just is awful it's oh. it's my favorite that's the thing about this movie i don't think anybody said let's do that again maybe we no. could try that again with a little more effort. Everything is first take and move on. This movie was made in a week. Yeah. This... <laughs> <laughs> and oh edited in another week. But but yeah, I just... The Mercury thing annoys the hell out of me because he just flies away. And I don't... I still don't get why he arrives by helicopter. He's also not the only person on that helicopter. I just want to bring that yeah. up real quick. I was just wondering, so is the helicopter just still there? Is there an abandoned right? helicopter? Or is it... <laughs> Is it like with when we were talking about earlier, like all the people that were probably created on the boat for Hercules? Like, did he create a helicopter and like a pilot for it yes. <laughs> for Mercury to dramatically land in? Who's like and the not pilot like real? is constantly talking about his wife, but no. But there is He's, no yeah. He fades away to the ether when the gods are done with him. That's my favorite theory for this movie. Uh, okay, so, um, right, at this point, Mercury has failed in bringing Hercules back to Mount Olympus. So Zeus is like, fine, I'm going to send Nemesis anyway. Um, Nemesis is our, like, character in the, like, yellow toga that was made by Christian Dior for some reason. It's a shitty yellow toga. That, right? Yeah, yellow toga. Yeah, yeah yellow it's... toga. <laughs> I think you got it. Okay, good. I was really worried about that one. Um, <laughs> so Juno then prevails on Nemesis to uh, take away Herc's powers instead of sending him to Pluto in like Hades or whatever. I want to fucking Hades. Fuck Pluto. It's this. I'm so mad about this. It is Hades. It just. I just want to throw in there Fuck the that Romans. Cam's favorite Disney movie is Hercules. Yes. Uh, and his favorite villain is Hades. My favorite, like not just favorite villain in that movie. One of my favorite villains no, of all times is James Woods as Hades. It's one of the best character portrayals in anything. And if this guy had been Hades as well and not Pluto, he could have just added to the list of great characters or great movies that include Hades. So, <laughs> just wanted to mention that. <laughs> so anyway, he's trying. Yeah, Juno. Instead of sending him to Pluto, it, it basically says, "Hey, Nemesis, go <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> go and poison Hercules, take away his powers, and then I guess persuade Pluto to try and come and get him himself." It doesn't really make sense why. Yeah, I don't understand why they even brought Pluto into it at all at this point, because they changed their plan entirely. But they yeah. were like, ah, I'm, I'm just going to let you know that we considered sending Hercules here, but, like, he probably won't. But Yeah. But like, the, the one thing I would like to say nice about this movie is so that uh, really annoying zither music uh, that's been playing throughout... In the scene where um, Herc gets poisoned and gets his powers taken away from him, it's like really janky and out of order. I was like, oh, wow, hey, somebody made a creative choice just then. Yeah, it's the evil version of this whole thing. They wrote like an evil song for Pluto and um, all the, the dastardly things happening in this couple yeah. of things. So like Nemesis goes down to a bar where 
Hercules. And what is this girl's name? Helen. Is it? Yeah. I don't know. That sounds but right. I think it's Helen Camden. I think they're the Camdens. She and her father. Oh. I think that's her well, last name. Hercules. Oh, what the- if she's Helen of Troy? That way we can just even more fuck this. Mix more shit into this. Stop it. <laughs> I've already <laughs> fucked up on the timeline as it is. I don't, I don't need to know anything else ridiculous. So they're in a bar, and this is where Nemesis is disguised as a mortal sitting at the bar. And then, like, not very discreetly dumps something in his drink to which the waitress takes and then brings to their table. And that's the whole scene. Yeah. That's... That so is that's, the scene. that's supposed to be the stuff that takes away his powers. And then it goes to her in the underworld, loosely. In Pluto. In Pluto's realm, which is probably the most lazy set dressing in this entire film. It's just a completely black set with a smoke machine and an iron piece of an iron fence as their backdrop. With, yeah, with Cerberus howling in the background, but it sounds like a chihuahua. Like it doesn't. <laughs> and there. Yeah, and that smoke machine is not very well utilized. No. Like, there's points where it just goes away entirely. There's points where, apropos of nothing, it just like blasts right in front of the characters' faces while they're talking. I just want to point out we worked on a film set once where we needed to smoke, like, we needed to make fog, an entire outdoor scene. In, at night in a forest and we didn't have a fog machine and so we used one girl with a vape. The second AD <laughs> used her vape. And she just stood right behind everything and just kind of was like vaping and blowing smoke and vaping and blowing smoke and that worked better than this. <laughs> it looked more realistic than it this. It looked <laughs> really good actually. She aimed her vape smoke very well. No. They couldn't even aim a fog machine. Let me bring up, though, this is the point in the film where we see the best character. Yes. Because the guy playing Pluto is one of the best actors. Like, he's, he's, he's like too good actor. for this film. <laughs> he's way yes. too good for this film. And he is, he remembered all of his lines. He knows <laughs> what his character is. He has personality. And, like, he's charismatic and charming. I love him to death. Now, the unfortunate thing is, is like he starts talking and I'm like getting into it. Like I'm starting to get into the character. And then what do we hear again? It's similar to Olympus, car horns and alarms in the background. (laughs) They're obviously filming in just like an open air area in New York because you can hear it. You can just Like in a parking lot that happens to have an iron wrought gate. Yeah, it's, it's God awful. And for some reason, so I was reading about this. So like I said, in the undubbed version, they used the raw audio for some reason. And that isn't just for the Arnie scenes. They also used the raw audio for the entire film is what I read. So instead of throwing in the things that they fixed, they just used the raw audio for the entire thing and didn't refix it for some reason. So they didn't even use the parts that they had paid money for. They just threw in raw audio. So in the undubbed version, it's even worse. You can hear everything you can hear people talking in the background like people walking by on the street is what it sounds like it is terrible and it's unfortunate because pluto deserves his moment to shine because he's incredible in this film he's amazing i think this podcast might be lowering our standards 
Like, we're all agreeing, oh, man, Pluto's a breath of fresh air. He learned his lines. He's trying to be a character. Uh, <laughs> just, wow, that's something we did so rare. Let me, let me say this. Okay, because look, cause, so Pluto shows up. He's got all of this personality. I think, he's, I think this guy would be good if you put him in almost any movie, like any good movie from that time. I think his acting is solid for that. But not only that, they film this movie completely differently when he shows up for some reason. Like the whole like dynamic of the film changes because then we get suddenly a wide shot of New York showing how the power goes out when he shows up, right? Yeah. And, and we get this fun, like he's twirling a cane coming out of the subway thing, which I think is so much fun too. Like it just fits the character. The music is really good too. And like the music changes. The, the spooky music again. And <sighs> some actual like, sound cues like when he shuts off the lights in the subway yes. he like pulls the cane and like there's some sound and then like the light bulbs all go out and he comes up and you know it's like it's like where the film should have started <laughs> yeah i wonder if that was like one of the first things they shot when they still had a lot of energy and budget right. <laughs> a lot of care for what they were doing yeah so uh pluto shows up to do two things uh, one of which is to just do the same thing that everyone keeps doing with Herc, which is just, you should come home. Or I think actually now Pluto is saying, hey, come down to the underworld. You and I are going to have a blast. Like, this isn't a place where we torture people. This is just where, like, all the vices are, basically. But Herc yeah. is still like, no, I want to wrestle more. So he, he talks to him. He's like, all right, whatever, I guess. And then he goes to talk to the mobsters. Why? And twice, and I don't know why. I, yeah. th- this, this has to be a plot that was thrown out. So one of the things I read about this movie after the first time of watching it is that the director claims that there's a lot more in this film that made this film very... He claims that it made it very like thought provoking and all these different things. Like there's supposed to be more scenes. <laughs> there's supposed to be more scenes of like Helen with Hercules and all these different things. Um, none of this is true. There's no way. But uh, I think that this was an entire plot that got thrown away. I think they showed it to get enough screen time, probably for the mobsters and for Pluto. But what is even their deal? He like bets on Hercules for this competition to lose because yeah. Hercules oh, because he, wouldn't lose this type of thing. But he, he knows that he doesn't have his powers, but I just don't understand why he even bothers going to bet on this. Cause it's not like he ever shows up again. Yeah. He, he doesn't. The only thing I can think of, which I don't think is borne out by the movie is he's specifically trying to engineer a scenario in which Hercules, having lost his powers, now has a bunch of enemies in the mobsters because they lost a fuckload of money when Herc loses. Like, he's somehow trying to instigate the final fight. That's what I, I don't was, know why. Yeah, I just... I feel like there was still supposed to be more... I feel like Pluto was supposed to show up again because he just... Because he says, he even says, I'll find you. But he doesn't ever come back. He never finds That's anybody. It. That's the he's end gone. of Pluto, right there. That's it, yeah. So this is I mean, where we go by the one scene where he talks about like the broken ribs or whatever, I think, right? Isn't this where that happens? I'm pretty sure. Uh, the broken ribs scene is, that's before Pretzi shows up all like with delirium tremens freaking out. Okay. 
Um, then, then, the, then there's the whole Pluto thing. Basically, at this point, we're like barreling towards the end. The next right. scene yeah. is the weightlifting competition, which is the most boring thing I have ever seen ever. It is pretty god awful because I looked it up. Her name is Helen. And her dad's name is just Professor. That's his name in the script. <laughs> it's Professor Camden. So he doesn't have a name. So Helen He's, and Professor show up. Yeah, no, that's not, that is his name. That's not his profession. <laughs> He's not actually a professor. His, his parents named him Professor. Professor. <laughs> like that community joke, Professor. Professor Professor. Yeah, Professor yes. Professor. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, this, this scene is really bad. This weightlifting thing is awful. Yeah, basically, I, I don't know if we set it up, but there's there's another guy, he's like a strong man at a circus who puts up a bunch of money to be like, all right, all comers, just kidding, Hercules, um, show up and we'll try and determine who is the strongest man. Right. And they uh, basically do, <laughs> they lift up, barbells like up to their chest and above their head which um monstroso or whatever his name is is very clear to tell us that it is called the clean and jerk yep um they start at 500 pounds they both do it they move up to 750 pounds they both do it um and cam what was the what's the actual real life record 470 something so they start higher than anyone has done yeah exactly and it's it should be reminded now uh hercules doesn't have his powers anymore so that means just as a mortal man yeah he can relatively easily uh lift 750 pounds yeah without breaking a sweat <laughs> yeah just throw it over uh, his head like it's nothing Exactly. And, and this so, scene is ridiculously long. Yes. Like 10 minutes. Oh long. my God. It's just, they show the whole thing from one walking over, rubbing his hands together, grabbing the barbell, picking it up, putting it down. And they do that for all six turns. Yep. Because one oh. for each of three rounds. It's just, oh my God, it's the worst. And also the set they're on is comedically small. Yes. <laughs> like they're they're recording in like a, I think it's supposed to be for a like um what do you call it a variety show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're recording in a uh in like a tiny corner. Like <laughs> there's a point where like Monstroso the 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 mortal who's lifting stuff like successfully, I think he drops like the. Uh, the thousand pound one it's his last one when he successfully does it the host is clapping and then monstroso moves to get around him and the host has to like he's still clapping he was definitely given the note to keep clapping but he has to like smoosh himself against the wall and then hold his hands to his side and it's just still like yay good job it's comedically the tiny. So tiny the mobsters have lost a bunch of money now to Pluto, who never shows up again. And because of this, they start chasing Arnie and Pretzi, right? Or they, no, they yeah. start That's chasing- That's their intention, but yeah. they see that the, 
the Camdens or whatever, the girl and the dad leave first. Right. And they're like, oh, they're probably with them. So like the two of them get in a car and then the mobsters follow them. So they're on their own chase. And then Hercules chases the mobsters chasing the Camdens. That's in a chariot. In a a chariot. chariot that uh, a man wearing like a George of the Jungle leopard leopard print toga. Yep. (laughs) <laughs> has parked in front of a hot dog stand. And not only is uh, the mobsters chasing the the Camdens and Herc is chasing the mobsters and uh, leopard print toga guy is chasing Herc, the hot dog vendor is chasing the toga guy with like a salad tong full of drippy sauerkraut. It's the <laughs> is, longest... Like, fucking joke in this fucking film. It's like literally a Three Stooges thing happening here, which is sped up scenes of car chases and people chases. Driving around the car, doing U-turns, U-turn, U-turn, U-turn. Some guy on a motorcycle super sped up going up a hill and crashing. Then we get to my favorite bit. I have a, a love of this particular trope in bad movies because it is always the most laziest thing. The final confrontation takes place in a cardboard factory. I actually screamed, yes. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, they're basically in this factory that seems to produce these like man-sized cardboard tubes. Um, I don't know why, but like you could put a body in one of them. There's got to be something heavy in them because they say they show that that there's something big in these, but they don't ever say what. That's the thing. Yeah, and it's also like while they are like some some of them like actually standing upright. When anybody goes to move them, they're so clearly empty. That's yeah. why I love the cardboard factory fight. Is it's such the laziest way to say, all right, well our guy is strong. And he throws big things around. But we can't have Arnold Schwarzenegger just start throwing around 200-pound stuff. He's going to hurt somebody. So... (laughs) What I want to know is... It feels like they just went back to the same building. Oh, like they ran away from the wrestling thing. And then, like, went around. Did the chase. And then went into a different part of the building. Yeah. It's just... (laughs) What the fuck? And so they, they all park their fucking cars in the same place yep. and go up into this factory. And then the same thing is happening again. They're just, it's just a mass of people fucking punching each other. And I guess the mob, the mobsters call the rest of the mob, right? Because then there's just like a shitload of dudes that show up. Yep. And but then also the gods call in back up. <laughs> this is where it makes no sense. Like, you thought it was bad mixing Greek and Roman mythology. This is where, all of a sudden, they bring in a titan and a biblical character. Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, so they cut back to Olympus briefly. And is it Mercury? Yeah. Yeah, Mercury is talking to Venus, I think. Yeah. yeah. And she's all like, well, we could help him without Zeus knowing. And he's like, really, you think so? And so instead of them going... They send Atlas and Samson. Yeah. Yeah. Atlas is the Titan that holds up the world. Right. Who should predate. That's kind of a problem. Who should predate the Greek gods that are 
happening now, the Titans, like in the mythology, are like gone. They're not. They're not completely gone. No, Atlas they're still like holds up the they're not available. <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially not to be Atlas. called in very suddenly. And instead of like Pluto had to do a whole thing where he like came in through the subway because he's the Lord of the Underworld. <sighs> yeah, Mercury yep. did his whole flying thing. These two just show up mm-hmm. precisely five seconds after <laughs> they are mentioned in the story. Yeah. And my favorite one is Samson, who is yeah. a biblical character. The guy with the hair. Yeah, like, isn't he like a king him. who was pretty strong and then uh, Samson, some dumb lady cut his hair? Samson's the story of Samson and Delilah where he was betrayed by his wife who was going to sleep with another man and she cuts off his hair, which is the source of all of his strength. And the funny thing is, this character doesn't have long hair. No, he has short hair. And I'm like, so you <laughs> have no strength, sir. Well, and also, Samson <laughs> should be dead. He commits yeah. suicide at the end of his story and kills everyone else <laughs> with him. <That's laughs> there are so many things wrong with bringing Samson of all fucking people into this. It's like, what's the biblical version of Hercules? Oh, that guy. Okay. Let's just go with something. Let's just, we can't bring in the God of war. We can't do anything else. Let's just do Samson and Atlas. <laughs> but like the funny thing too, oh. is everybody is dressed in black. All of these people look exactly the same because it's also mostly shot from like above and you really can't tell what's going on. It kind of just like a swarm of ants fucking pushing each other over. It's like two dudes in a toga and a bunch of other people in suits. But they're in also suits. in black togas. It looks like a 60s dance scene. It doesn't look like a fight scene at all. It's See, just... I was thinking it was more like Flintstones cosplay, what they were yeah. wearing. Okay, there you go, yeah. That's where I was kind yeah. of going with that. Yes. <laughs> but black togas. But yeah, none of it makes any sense. There's one little bit where one of the mobsters is for some reason in a, like one of those vertical lift things that you might use for like window washing. Yeah, he's just up there hanging out. And then either Samson or Atlas, whomever, like climbs up after him and throws him off and is like, yeah! For a long time. Yes. He throws his arms up in the air like three times. Yeah, And that's the other thing I hate about this, though, too, is they didn't differentiate the two characters of Atlas and Samson. They are both beefy-looking dudes of about the same height, with the same haircut, and the same color, and the same black toga. That's not completely true. Samson, the one I think is Samson, is the one, he has a gold thing wrapped around his head and around his waist. Whereas the other dude's wearing, like, a, if you've ever seen wrestling Big Show, used to, or Andre the Giant, used to wear, like, a one-sling... Uh, type of toga outfit uh, that was like yeah. over one shoulder. And I think that one is supposed to be Atlas. Either way. But it's hard to tell. <laughs> oh, I and, just... And this is the final fight scene. Yep. And this entire time, our heroes are only trying to, like, get away. Like, they climb up on top oh, yeah. of some cardboard <laughs> I mean, tubes yeah. in, in an even effort Hercules. to get nowhere. Yeah, even Hercules. He gets up there, and that's sort of like... For some reason, this is his redeeming moment. He can lift 750 pounds easily, even as a mortal, but he's too weak to do anything now. Zeus, like, gives him his powers back. After getting mad that Mercury and Venus even sent someone down there. They're all sitting around the crystal ball again, and he's like, hey, who sent Atlas and uh, Samson? Like, this is crap, basically. And, And then all the fucking women who constantly are like on their knees pleading to him. 
Yeah. And they do it again. And they're all like, you have to save him. He's going to die. And he's like, okay. Throws fucking lightning bolt, gives him his powers back. Yeah. And the reasoning, his reasoning is like, these guys are, um, uh, these mobsters are uh, insulting the name of Zeus by beating up Hercules. It's like, wait, hang on. Didn't you want this to happen? Wasn't this your plan for him to be humbled? But now that it's actually working, you're like, nah, give him his powers back, which of course means that he's now able to throw around those big cardboard tubes. Yep. Thank God. And I I would like to say that that these things that Zeus is doing, honestly, is pretty much just the already like written in the mythology, the way Zeus does shit. He's kind of just a whiny little bitch where he makes a decision and is like, no, that's mean. I'm going to do something else now. Or like the only difference is Zeus wouldn't ever help anybody. Zeus wouldn't do shit to help. He doesn't ever do that. Yeah. So uh, Pretzi and Herc, now I guess in celebration, go to visit the top of the Empire State Building. Yeah, again, fuck time, because who knows when this is happening. Yeah, exactly. It it, it could be immediately after. It doesn't really make any sense. Herc hasn't really said anything since getting his powers back. This happens almost immediately. Um, Pretzi just starts, like, rambling on about the view and whatnot. And Herc goes around the corner and just like praise to his dad and is like, yeah, no, you were right. I was kind of being a dick. Um, If you want me to come home now, I'll come home. And that's his story arc. That's what I was saying earlier. It's not an arc though. He does the exact same thing throughout. And then at the very last second, it's not an arc. It's a line. And then like a little shepherd's hook. Well, see yeah. what he does though, is he goes and he, he's, he's like, he's like, I want to go to earth or earth. Right. And then he disobeys, right? We're moving forward. And then he finds out that Earth is basically what they said it was going to be. And then when we come back around and he's endangered everybody, he says, you were right. I was wrong the whole time. And now I'll listen to my father. And that's his art. Shut up, Cameron. (laughs) Okay. To be fair, it's more like a, it's like a slight, it's like a slightly curved line with just a It's a shepherd's hook with a little bend in the middle. Yeah, exactly. There we go. It's perfect. (laughs) But yeah, then he just abandons Pretzi. Helen never shows up again. Neither does Professor <laughs> Professorson. That's like the end of Hercules' arc or his yeah. story at all, really. Well, okay, there's one last bit, um, which to me was just, definitely didn't take the cake for the most crazy moment, but had some really weird implications. Pretzi comes back to the hotel apartment that they're staying at and has like one of the most pathetic monologues I've ever heard. Yeah. Oh man, I'm nothing. Why did that strong man be nice to me? When this is the scene, real quick. This I got creeped out at first because I thought he was talking to somebody. Because in the in the undubbed cut of the film, when it's pulled back a little bit, there's a woman whose arm comes into frame, like her entire arm off to the side of the frame. And like it's not well, like so the setup here. So he comes in see. the door, and the shot is on like down a hallway, kind of right. like the kitchen. And then like you can see the end, and there's like a wall to the right side of the screen. You can see an elbow, and, it's, and it it's moves like a out of the full, shot. It doesn't look like an accident. It looks intentional. It looks like they're trying to show that someone's there. And yeah. it, so I thought he was talking to someone, and then he goes in, and I'm like in murder mystery mode where there's someone <laughs> in this dude's apartment, and he doesn't know. 
I was super creeped out. It was like the worst mistake. But yes, continue with him monologuing. Well, yeah, he just monologues and is just like, oh, it's so sad. Like, I'm sad that my friend is gone. Herc, why'd you have to leave like that? And then the radio starts going crazy. And from what I understand, they use the same audio in either the dubbed yeah. or undubbed versions. Yes. Yep. So if you've been watching the movie with Herc's voice, very suddenly it just becomes the voice of the British man. It's like they didn't get a chance for Herc to record those lines. And he's in the radio, or rather he's speaking through the radio because uh, Pretzi says like, what are you doing in the radio? I was like, oh, he doesn't know how radios work. That's so sad. <laughs> but he, uh, Herc keeps talking about like, you and I are friends. No one can take that from us. If you ever miss me, think of me and I will be in your heart. Just kind of like bland stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he gets off the, and then like he's done, Herc is done with his bit. And then the radio announcer comes on and is like, uh, sorry about that, everyone. We, uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulty there. So I'm, my question is, did everyone hear Herc's side of the conversation? Yeah. Was everyone just like hanging out, listening to the weather, and all of a sudden it's like, you and I shall always be friends. It was really Do weird not miss me. We watched the undubbed version first, so like we didn't realize there was a dubbed version because we just kind of stumbled across this free movie and was like, hi, let's watch this. And at the end, it's like, this completely different voice. And he's like, Herc, and we're like, what? Well, no, we knew it was dubbed because we'd seen the trailer. That was the whole reason why I watched this film was because the trailer had a different voice. But this voice. like confirmed the fact that but, it was probably dubbed. Yeah, that it was dubbed. Because the only, the only time that there would have to be a voiceover at all is the radio. And that was the only time they used the dub guy. Uh, and also while that's happening, we're getting a clip show like of the highlight reel. <laughs> of the rest of the movie showing like, oh, hey, remember that time when he awkwardly stopped a forklift or punched that bear? What is it with bears and bad movies? I don't know. <laughs> Easily I... like four of the, like this is like, I don't know, like maybe our 12th movie or something. And like four of the movies we've done have had bears in them. No, they really have. Often enough to where I've saved a tag for posting episodes that is just bears. Yeah, because yeah. there's always a bear at some point. So now I can click bears again. My, my theory with the end of this film is that Pretzi was actually in love with Hercules. Because the montage is kind of awkward. It's all shirtless memories yeah. of him or things where he's flexing his muscles specifically yeah it's not like them together so much as it is him just admiring the physique of arnold so yeah i that's that's my theory i'm gonna stick with it also i always expected the narrator to come back but he never did never did just like pluto he's there and then he's not just <laughs> for no goddamn reason i would like to say real quick one of the things that we never brought up, it's just my favorite moment with Zeus, is to show the power of the lightning bolts just to emphasize how strong Zeus is. He blows up a bench. And it's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's still one of my favorite bit in this movie is that Zeus can't just manifest his bolts. He has to get... He's got some asshole carrying him around his, him. What's basically a boy toy. He has to have him bring those and then pull them out and then angrily lunge backwards to throw them yeah. wherever he is. Which is great. 
Well, speaking of Zeus, the very, oh, right, very, very yeah. last scene is Zeus is like, well, all is well. And he gets up off of his stupid little throne, takes off his crown, and I guess goes on vacation. And it's really weird yeah. because the plane scene happens again, basically. Yep. He is just flying in the air. You can only really see, like, shoulders up. He's got, like, a bowler hat on. And it looks completely fucking ridiculous. And that's it. He waves at the camera. And that's it. That's the end. Well, he waves at the same woman from the beginning. It's this woman who apparently just, like, spends her days on airplanes. And that's it. It has nothing to do with, with her no, case. It just ends. Nope. No. It's just yeah. the end. And that's it. That's the fucking movie. Fuck this thing. So, but it was great. You say fuck this thing, but Robert, how would you fix it? Does... Can you? Oh. Can you fix it? No, and don't. <laughs> um, There's no I name. would like to recommend, as because I watched the dubbed version and then saw some like scenes online of the Arnold version, watch the Arnold version. Yes. If you're listening to our podcast, then you probably like the really bad movies. This, for me, is in the top 10 of just most bonkers, what the hell are yeah. you doing? Everything is done poorly. There's, every time I started to get a little bored with it, like, oh, well, this scene is going on for a little long, bear attack. Like, there was always something around the corner to shock and surprise you. Um, I think the only thing that makes it, like, watch the undubbed Arnold version better, because it's just crazier. Oh, yeah. That's fair. Well, and it, it was recorded to not, again, like, just to make this clear, his it's even worse than it could have been because they didn't record his lines thinking they were going to use them, which is why at the end uh, with the radio, there's only the dubbed guy because Arnie was never supposed to have his voice in this. He wasn't a well-known person. He was just a bodybuilder. He was not an actor. So in fact, his agent actually lied and said, well, kind of lied uh, in order to get Arnie this part. They asked, did he have any stage experience? And he said, yes, he does have stage experience which was only bodybuilding. That was it. So that was the only stage experience that he actually had. Um, but they, they were never intending on using him. So they didn't do extra takes on his lines. So it's just this muddled, awful, way too strong of an accent, didn't read his lines set up, and it's terrible. But We listened to his first line like six times and never figured out what it was until we heard <laughs> the dub version. Yeah. So I think the only way that I would say to fix this is not really fix it, but just like make the audio a little better. Just because like the car horns in the background of like the God scenes, like destroys everything for me. You know what? But I would everything also else like is just so add bad a caveat. Um, watch the Arnold version, but with subtitles. So you can actually understand yeah, exactly. what's going on. Otherwise you won't get what the movie's about. Like, I literally. still don't think you're going to get what the movie's about anyway, because I still don't know what the movie's about. So it's about arrogance. That's yes. that's my best shot. <laughs> From which character? That's <laughs> half Everybody? of these characters are arrogant. Yeah, there's like I don't know. There, there's one likable or two likable characters in this film for me: Mercury and Pluto. Those are yeah. the only characters I liked in this film, and they yeah. both have small bits. They don't have anything huge. Uh, I so. loved Helen just because that actress was Trash. very God. bad at her job. One of the <laughs> worst actresses. She, I think hers was the one I looked up her IMDb page. She has no credits after like 1975. Like that's yeah. her career 
ended five years later like that it was over so yeah. she's just really really bad I, I don't know a way to fix it at all i don't think there is a way to fix it i just uh, want the audio cut a little better just to make it i think just well what i read is this is unfortunate so the australian release of this film they actually have seven extra minutes of the film that includes a longer dock fight and a longer bear fight. I want both of those. That's how I'd fix it. Seven minutes? Just give me those seven minutes. It's a real thing, too. So that's not even like, how would I fix it? It's a real thing. I just want to see it. They're already long as is. I want to play his opening line, Arnie's, just to show how terrible and nonsensical it really is. Why can't I go? Because your place is here with the rest of us. You'll let Master. That's his job. Until mankind learns to dispense with his services and lives in peace, Mars must go where he's called. I only want to browse around. You'd only get it. This is, so this is like the whole thing. It's bad. It's really bad. When he has to say too many words in order, he cannot do it. Oh, yeah. Especially, there's a, there's a line where he uses the name of, uh, I guess, a, a god, Terpsichore, but Arnold cannot say that word. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just want to throw that in just as an example to everybody about how bad this actually that's, is. That's the audio. It's pretty bad. Have fun. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I hardly recommend watching this. How about you guys? I think it's worth watching. For a drinking game. For a drinking game. Yeah. Oh, yes. Or, Be whatever kind of inebriated you want while you watch yeah. this. Yeah. Or at least skimming. At least just skimming just to see what Arnie's first movie looks like. To see the Arnie before you get to things like Predator. To see what he looks like when he first started his career. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I don't. Thanks for listening. Yeah. There's <laughs> nothing else to say about this movie. Tell us what you think. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We are there as 50 Foot Podcast, and we're also on all of your favorite listening apps. I'm Allie. That's Allie. That's me. And I'm a your name? tube of biscotti. <laughs> okay. That's what you're a tube of biscotti? <laughs> a giant cardboard tube filled with biscotti. Wow. And I'm Cameron, the only normal one here. Thanks for listening. Bye. Let us know if you watch it, and let us know if you've seen it, and let us know if we're wrong. We're not, but let us know if we are. If you love this movie, <laughs> I want to hear why. I only want to browse around. You'd only get into trouble.